Good evening, Dumb Nation. Dumb Nation stands for Don't Unfriend Me. Don't take offense to that. My name is Matthew Spear. I am the host of Don't Unfriend Me, but also Breaking Truth. Wonderful to have you here tonight for episode 24. In just an hour and a half or so, Joe Biden is going to take the dais. He is going to talk about the soul of the nation, something I think he is unqualified to talk about. We're going to go through it tonight. I'm going to take you back back down memory lane, and then I'm going to give you my opinion on truly what the soul of the nation is. Stay tuned. I will be right back with Breaking Truth. Thanks for watching Breaking Truth, and please don't forget to subscribe, like, share, and follow. Joe Biden will be taking the stage and using the White House seal and the president, the position as president of the United States to address the country. He's going to tell you a whole bunch of things. He's going to tell you that once again, democracy is in danger, even though we're not a democracy. The way we vote might be representative democracy and how we get things done might be a representative democracy, but we are a nation of laws, or at least we used to be. I want you to go back to a day where the inauguration of the President of the United States on those cold White House steps and the Capitol building and the marble that glistened and all the flags, even the 13-star Betsy Ross, which has now been labeled racist. Joe Biden put his hand on the Bible and sworn in and then gave a speech talking about unity and the soul of democracy. It will be very similar to the one you hear tonight. And the real question is, is what happened? Why didn't Joe Biden fix all of the woes of America? Why are we still a divided country? And two years later, why are we talking about this now as we will be two more years from now when he runs for president again? Let's watch together. The 46th president of the United States, Joseph R. Biden Jr. This is America's day. This is democracy's day. A day of history and hope, of renewal and resolve. Through a crucible for the ages, America has been tested anew, and America has risen to the challenge. Today, we celebrate the triumph not of a candidate, but of a cause, the cause of democracy. The people the will of the people has been heard, and the will of the people has been heeded. We've learned again that democracy is precious, democracy is fragile. And at this hour, my friends, democracy has prevailed. Together, we shall write an American story of hope, not fear, of unity, not division, of light, not darkness a story of decency and dignity, love and healing, greatness and goodness. May this be the story that guides us, the story that inspires us, and the story that tells ages yet to come that we answered the call of history. We met the moment. Democracy and hope, truth and justice did not die in our watch but thrived that America secured liberty at home and stood once again as a beacon to the world.
The world is watching, watching all of us today. So here's my message to those beyond our borders. America has been tested, and we've come out stronger for it. We will repair our alliances and engage with the world once again, not to meet yesterday's challenges, but today's and tomorrow's challenges. And we'll lead not merely by the example of our power, but by the power of our example. Today, on this January day, my whole soul is in this, bringing America together, uniting our people, uniting our nation. And I ask every American to join me in this cause. It's interesting. It's interesting for a lot of reasons. And the reason why I didn't say anything, which is rare for me, I usually be picking apart Joe Biden's comments one by one, is that it was a moving inauguration. It was a promise of bringing our country together, something that we have not seen in such a long time. How could anyone believe that Joe Biden would be the president he promised to be? The Barack Obama administration did more to divide this country than any other administration in history. The media had done that before Barack Obama with the treatment of Ronald Reagan, George Bush, and yes, even Republicans' treatment of Bill Clinton at times. This division didn't happen overnight. John F. Kennedy was assassinated November 22, 1963. The United States went downhill and the beginning of the descent happened then. Something changed. I guess trust began to erode, where the dollar became more important than honor, integrity, and trust. That the vow of politicians to represent their constituents, and certainly not the collective, not the corporations or the conglomerations, not the almighty dollar, but the individual and the individual liberty within. Over the last few months, you have seen the steady thrumbeat of Joe Biden and his politicking reach the crescendo of November. His words have been laced with vitriol, abhorrent conversations on social media, across news outlets, on the morning talk shows from his pundits that spread the vile and the anger and the angst that everyone feels across social media. Joe Biden said he was going to be a unifier. He has done no such thing. He's dividing this country. And you can say that Republicans are doing the same thing, but honestly, he is the leader. Not from a spiritual sense. Not from an existentialist point of view or a philosophical point of view. But as the head law enforcer of the land. The person who is designed to ensure that the states are represented. In fact, he is the president of the states, not necessarily the people. The states represent the people, the legislators, the senators, the mayors, the gubernatorials. That's their job. But more importantly, when you're trying to identify the soul of America, it's not Joseph or Biden. 
It's not a piece of parchment laced in iron gall ink. It's not somebody who runs for office who might be fat and short or tall and handsome and slender and good looking. It's not about money. It's not about a one-issue cause. It's not about the English or the Germans or South Americans. It's about the natural and God-given rights inherent in all of us. It's about the people. And as Joe Biden is going to stand on this stage and divide America further and tell you that all the problems in the United States today are from people like me, people like you, Because truly, if you think that you're safe from this, if you think that you can't be singled out and be called an enemy of the state, the state, you simply just need to wait around until the music stops and someone else takes the chair. A lot of people say that Donald Trump did this. I haven't heard any of this type of language from Donald Trump singling out the American people as far as Democrats. Yes, he called out BLM, he called out Antifa, he would go after Rosie O'Donnell, but he didn't insult 87 million, 80 million, 50 million, 120 million people, or the entire country. Whether it be about guns or religion or middle America or the flyover states, calling people MAGA tees, known as maggots. The Third Reich likened people to animals, specifically vermin, rats, saying that they were less than human. And now we're being compared to worse than Nazis, but maggots. Why? Because we voted for Donald Trump, because we believe that getting an outsider would be better for America. And if you are honest with yourself and compare it to the yesteryear, you know it's true. The policies, the economy, peace treaties in the Middle East, renegotiation of trade deals like USMCA and NAFTA. Having peace for four years and no wars from any administration in how many years? Unemployment, American industry, fuel independence. No matter what your political beliefs are, we were better off two years ago than we were today. And yes, COVID had a huge impact on it. But Joe Biden promised Not to go ahead and live in the past. His words, not mine. To look towards the future. The future of tomorrow. And now he's about to tell you tonight that a person who is not president and all the people in America who voted for him, 80 plus million, are the reason why America is divided. So I'm going to give you my speech. A reminder to you about what America is all about. And before you listen to Joe Biden, I would challenge you to use this filter and see how many times he uses the word democracy again, even though you'll never find that in the Constitution of the United States. How many times he uses the word, as Leroy would say, hyperbole. And how he uses and laces conjecture and supposition to go ahead and tie a knot into the fabric of our cloth that represents us, the red, white, and blue, and smear it with something foreign like middle America, conservatives, Republicans, people who believe in God or believe in the Second Amendment, as somehow they are the problem with America 
and not the vitriolic conversation you're about to hear tonight. We the people. It's rather an important phrase, wouldn't you think? It refers to the entire citizenry of the United States as one large singularity of a nationwide group, not a collective. As differentiated from the alternative of we the people of my state, Virginia, we the people of New York, we the people of North Carolina, and we the people of New Jersey, etc., one state at a time until we get to all 50. This represents a major change from the previous document, the Articles of Confederation, which was indeed a product of each of the states, one at a time. The Constitution then goes on to say that this nationwide we the people group is the entity which does ordain and establish the following document, which positions said people, the people entity, as sovereign over the Constitution, Constitution, which is its ordaining and establishing right. And in turn, this Constitution of the ultimate sovereign people entity containing the Supremacy Clause becomes positioned as sovereign over the states. Wow. People don't talk like that much anymore. And you might be lost and say, I don't quite understand that. So let's break it down into the simplest of terms. The Constitution, it recognizes the rights of the people, you and me, that governments are instituted only to protect the rights of the people that come from nature and nature's God. It is a truly magnificent and radical document considering that throughout human history, rights came from government or a monarch, and the people have always been subjects. The Constitution was designed specifically to uphold the right of the individual, as prescribed as an embodiment within principles of the Declaration of Independence. There are many rights outlined in the Declaration of Independence, and perhaps you forgot, and I apologize if this is recourse, but I think many people don't even know. It clearly states that there are three, among many others, that are a focus, life, liberty, property, pursuit of happiness, changed in a subsequent draft to say pursuit of happiness because Jefferson feared correctly that the southern states would claim their slaves as property to forever keep them enslaved. By the way, Democrats. There are at least a half dozen to a dozen more rights called out in the Declaration of Independence. Then this is why it is symbiotic to the Constitution. But the basic rights are described Herein, if you read through the Constitution, every grievance outlined in the Declaration of Independence, which outlines 27 abuses of the government and judiciary, was specifically addressed with various checks and balances on any consolidation of federal power. The following four things are the most basic principles enshrined in the framework of our federal government to avoid the historic failures of democracy, and as such, Ensure that government is instituted only to protect the rights of the people and the states as sovereign entities, as I mentioned earlier. See if any of these sound as if they're going on today. Nothing at all is more important than the individual. Two, most important thing is the independence of each sovereign state or each individual nation to make up the nation. 
The federal government is granted certain authorities from the states and the citizens called enumerated powers. They total 30 to 40. The powers vested in the federal government will have input from the states, the Senate, and the people, the House of Representatives. Separation of powers is the constitutional system of checks and balances on power between the needs of the people, the needs of the states, and the requirements and duties of a federal government. The framers of our Constitution knew that democracy and centralized power do not work. You end up with tyranny and the winds of political preference shift easily and often, which is why I reference the music stopping and the change of the chairs. They knew that the states were in essence their own individual countries that wanted and needed to remain autonomous, separate. They knew in order of the new country to survive, certain aspects of society needed to be heated by one central authority. They knew that all states and people just fought a war to remove themselves from under the thumb of a king and did not want that to happen yet again in the new land, even though the king said he was the embodiment of the people, the soul of the people, the soul of the monarch, direct, direct descendant of Charlemagne. So in order to foster the best possible structure that took all these competing factors into consideration, they, the framers and the founders, created a federal government with roughly 35 enumerated powers. Anything not listed would be reserved to the people and states respectively to determine what was best for them in their own little unique country, a.k.a. the state. There was the legislative branch. The branch was separated into two separate chambers or House of Representatives. These people were to be elected directly by the people based on population, not on popularity, not on a high school prom, but based on density of representatives of those aforementioned people. These representatives are elected to represent their local constituents when creating or voting on laws and budgets. The Senate, in order to have a representation of the state's interests, these representatives were originally elected by the legislative members of each state who were elected by the people of their state. With the passage of the 17th Amendment, the Senate is now elected by direct popular vote, just as the House. The 17th Amendment forever changed the separation of power so beautifully struck in our Constitution because the members of the Senate are no longer responsible to legislative members of their state. This branch, based on the writing of the Federalist Papers, is the strongest and most powerful branch of our federal republic. The executive branch, the presidency, the executive has the power to veto legislation and budgets that are presented to him from the legislative branch. Executive orders are not designed to create broad sweeping laws that aren't passed in these chambers. It's simply to enforce the laws that are passed in these chambers. It's a direct abuse of power and goes against everything and is antithetical to the Constitution. The president is responsible for executing the laws passed by the legislative branch, hence the executive orders. Last, the president is commander-in-chief of our military operations, the branch based on the writing of the Federalist Papers has much less power than the legislative branch, but does veto power. However, a veto can be overridden. The judicial branch, this branch is the weakest among all branches, as is very clearly articulated in the Federalist Papers. Democrats would lead you to believe that it is the strongest. Simply, all its job is to do 
is to ensure the Constitution is upheld. Personal opinion and religion and all of those things stay out of it because justice is supposed to be blind. You may not believe it, but that's the way it's supposed to be. The branch is purely controlled by the House of Representatives, aside from one chief justice required by the Constitution. The House of Representatives could add more or remove any judicial agencies by jurisdiction and can add or remove Supreme Court seats at will. As we know, the Democrats want to. The filibuster has altered this. This was the branch in the Declaration of Independence that accounted for the most abuses of power. The founders knew that the court's power had to be diminished as much as possible because it was the most likely to become corrupt. This hallowed institution of the Supreme Court is now one of the only institutions that is no longer marred by corruption. I think the SCOTUS, no matter if I agree or disagree with what they do, whether it be Ruth Bader Ginsburg or Clarence Thomas or Kavanaugh or Coney Barrett or Katani Jackson, I believe that the Supreme Court is the last standing stalwart in front of this initiative to destroy the Constitution of the United States. We owe them the respect they deserve. And may they make the right choices. Why do I go over this? Everyone took civics. Everyone took government. Maybe you don't remember everything about this, but I know you know most of it. It's because everything you just heard will not be in Joe Biden's speech. Because what does that do? It not only speaks to the soul of the people, it talks about the repair of the people. There's nothing about corruption. There's nothing about money. There's nothing about political action committees or big donors. There's nothing uh, uh, about protecting a corporation's right to have a voice over the singular person. There's nothing about Citizens United that corporations have the freedom of speech through money and campaign contributions. So people like Mark Zuckerberg can dump millions upon millions into the states where he wants to see Candidates do better, and the only thing that it takes is money to win an election today. Joe Biden is going to talk about the soul of the nation and nothing that can repair the soul of the nation. He had it right on those steps. He had it right when he humbled himself and realized that he was lucky to be president. All inaugurations are lofty. All inaugurations talk about the future, the dawn of tomorrow, the morning on Capitol Hill. But when the evening comes and the sun goes down and the bitter chill of Washington and reality hit, we see that they are not here to represent us. They're here to represent their party. They're here to represent the vote. They're here to represent the collective and God forbid what they call a democracy. Democracy is mob rule. It is a lawless and failed system that failed many countries before ours, and our founding fathers knew that it was the virus, and it would be told that it was the cure. Joe Biden is going to tell you tonight that I'm the enemy, that the words that I just spoke are somehow toxic, somehow a separationist point of view, or an insurrectionist. And I will tell you this, until you actually have a conversation with a Republican, and vice versa with Democrats, that's never going to do the, do the trick. Just as you shouldn't have a conversation with someone who's black or white or Christian or Muslim, you should recognize them as a citizen of the United States, and they have individual rights. They have an individual voice, 
And they make up the soul of the United States. They make up the soul of this nation. And until we empower the people to find their voice and use it with no equivocation and with no hesitation, people like Joe Biden and other politicians will continue to prey on your inability to stand up for what is right, what is godly, and what is natural law. We'll watch the speech tonight together. I am excited to see what Joe Biden has to say. I'm hopeful that maybe one day someone will come out and say, it's time to stop, it's time to pump the brakes, and have the words that can unify this once great country. I believe I will wait a little longer after tonight. Folks, that's it for Breaking Truth. Please remember, Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255, press 1. Do me a favor. 22 veterans commit suicide a day. It is too many. Please provide this number to a veteran and find the help that they desperately deserve. My name is Matthew Spear. Please do me a favor and throw me a like, share, and follow if you would not mind. It keeps the lights on, then I keep doing the show. We are also live at 8.30 Eastern, and I will be on tonight to watch Joe Biden find the soul of America if he can find his own first. Good night, everybody. I will see you next time. Thanks for watching Breaking Truth, and please don't forget to subscribe, like, share, and follow.